You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. We're starting off our, our Christmas series called The Gift of Christmas. And today it's the gift of expectancy. You know what? What has Christmas become for you? Is it something that is just like the hustle and the bustle? Or is it something that we really need to, as a family, just think about and say, you know what? I think this year we need to do something different. I think this year we need to just maybe slow down, take baby Jesus and hide him, and say, you know what, Lord? What can me and my family do to be eagerly anticipating the arrival of that day that we celebrate the birth of our Savior? Do you have rules about Christmas in your family? No music until December the 1st. Granted, in the mall, it starts around July the 5th, but uh, do you have rules in your house about music or decorations? Are there the rules that you've been handed down from family from generation to generation over the years? If you did what I did, you're sitting there thinking of that, all the places in your house that perhaps that you could hide baby Jesus. The dad of the video gets Advent. He might not realize what he's doing. Advent means arrival. The season is about getting ready for the arrival of Jesus. How do you and your family get ready for Jesus? See, I remember when I was a kid, Christmas was about the presents and and Santa, and decorating the tree, and listening to music, and we love Christmas. It was just, man, I remember opening up the, the door, and, and running into the trees, and just start ripping open the gifts. It was awesome. I remember that my mom would always make us a special dinner. See, my mom, she shared a few Christmas Eve services ago, and see, my mom was an adopted uh, girl from, by a family that probably shouldn't have been adopted, and for her, Christmas was a time where the family would come over to the house, get completely wasted, and then beat her up. And that's what she remembered. She remembered being her dad coming into her room and rescuing her by dropping her into a snowbank from the second story and saying, run, go over to the neighbor's house on Christmas morning. But yet she wanted to make it so special for us. And she chose to go in that place. And You know what? Every year, my mom would make this cake, Christmas pudding thing. And she, it was one of those cakes that, that's got alcohol in it, and you would light it, and it would go on fire, and you would present it to the family, and there would be this big fire, and then it would go out, and all the kids were like, woo, ah, that's awesome. She made it every year. She'd bring it in and then throw it in the garbage because nobody liked it. <laughs> and then she'd bring out the chocolate cake, but it was just something that was like, like Wow. Look at the fire every year that came out. And I remember when I first got married with Cindy, Christmas morning, I, I, I got up and I was all excited. Come on, I started opening up the presents and she's just looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, in our family, every Christmas, we read the Christmas story first. I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> just, just forgot this last year, okay? And all of a sudden, I adopted an Eastman tradition into the Steves family where 
where it's like, you know what? That makes complete sense to put Jesus first. And before we get into the excitement of the Christmas ripping open and all that kind of stuff, it's just like, let's just take a few moments, pray together as a family, read the Christmas story, and then partake. When Jesus was born, the Lord prepared a way for the coming of the Savior. We can read in the book of Luke some clues that God laid out for the shepherds. Let's read this morning Luke 2, verses 10 to 12. But the angels reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring to you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Uh, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped, snuggled in stripes of clothing, laying in a manger. See, God the Father made arrangements for the gift of his one and only Son to be found by those who would seek him. Although the clues of the newborn Savior's whereabouts were given to shepherds that night, it clearly states in verse 10 there that this gift from our Heavenly Father was good news for all people. After the shepherds received these clues of good news, along it came a level of expectancy that caused them to do more than merely marvel at what had just had happened. Their expectancy in this advent, in the arrival of our Savior, caused them to seek him. What unfolded at the conclusion of seeking is what many experience this time of year. They unpacked the family, the nativity scenes, complete with Mary, Joseph, and the little baby Jesus asleep on the hay. At Christmas, what are you excited about? What are you expecting? I've asked Ernie to come up and share a little bit about his childhood, about when he was a kid. And you know, Ernie, before you do this, let's just pause the service for a minute. You can give that to Ernie. Bruh, I got to ask your forgiveness. You've been here for a year and uh, a bit. Come on up, come on up. You've been here for a year and a bit, and this whole time, I've always told people that you're from England. And, uh, you know, just the accent always fooled me that I thought you were from England. But I found out that you're a Swede, and I'm so sorry. So, you know, sorry about that, bro. Like the vegetable? Yeah, but no, you're from Sweden. You know how I know? I, I didn't know, but I found a, a picture of you on Facebook as a little boy. And look at that blonde hair little kid. Same haircut that you got right now. Look at my dad. He, he, look at that mustache. Uh, yeah, if you grow a mustache now, it'd be just the same, right? I should, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. Well, I, I, I was uh, last sitting about sharing a uh, Irish tradition that we really do back home. And to be honest, we don't really have any sort of Irish tradition. Like, there's no. Shamrocks are like on our house at Christmas. <laughs> but myself, our family, we're, we're absolute suckers for Christmas. We love it so much. Any chance to get presents and have food when you're full is a great day. But the thing that I love most about, about Christmas is actually it's the stuff that kind of surrounds all that stuff. When you're, in, you're with your family, kind of like what, what the coolest said. The coolest thing is when you see your family come together. You might not have seen them for maybe years at a time or a month at a time, but you're being come together for that one, that one kind of meal, that one day together. It's just like, 
Thanks, buddy. Family is so important. Have you as an individual ever stepped out in faith, filled with expectancy, knowing that God has put a dream in your heart, but something that you just couldn't do in your own strength? See, when we step out in expectancy, it is just so, it's like you, you have these dreams and these, these visions of what's going to happen. See, the, the one that, that, that kind of came to my mind is... Uh, I don't know, Mark, if you were with us on that last trip to the Ukraine in Calgary, the one where we did the, the camp in Ladan. Were you at that one? So that, that was a difficult trip. We, we went over there. I'm not going to get into the sort of the, the negative side of it, but we, when we got over there, um, it was myself and, and two youth leaders, and they were expecting a baby, and when the plane landed, she was rushed to the hospital, and she lost the baby over in the Ukraine. So I was alone with 16 kids, and we did this camp that we had done. This was our fourth year doing it, so we, we, we've done it many times before. And we finished this camp, and then this year we did something different. And I really felt that the Lord put in my heart to be able to go to another place in the Ukraine and do a new camp. And um, so we went over and did that. And the kids were all complaining, kind of like, why are we doing this? Like, we know these people. We love these people. These are our friends. We've seen them every year for four years. We want to just stay here and just not go set up someplace else. And actually, now I remember that you were there because when we went there, the, our kids just kind of huddled by themselves and just kind of did their own thing together. And Mark went off and started playing with the kids, saying, I don't know what you guys are talking about. These guys are great. So as we're doing this, the camp, we, we started to get ready for the camp. And again, this was our fourth year, but our first time in this place, Ladan. And they said, okay, guys, you guys have the, the camp. You guys are, uh, know what you're doing. Go ahead. We're, we're looking forward to it. And I, I got them to get me an interpreter. And they said, okay, um, what kind of interpreter do you want? Do you want a good interpreter or a not so good interpreter? And I'm like, well, I, I would kind of like a good interpreter. They're like, well, that's going to cost you 100 bucks for the week. I'm like, 100 bucks for the week? I tell you what, I'll give you 150 bucks. Give me the best interpreter possible, okay? So this interpreter shows up, and then I, I preach that night to the kids, and the, the interpreter has no idea what I'm saying. So I start to talk, yeah. I start to talk, it's just like, and I'm, so my sermon actually took like two and a half hours because I had to ch change the words. I'd be like, and then Jesus was born. Born? Um, yeah, you know, like conceived, conceived. Oh man, this is going to take forever. So afterwards I met with the, the, the council there and I said, listen, this just isn't working. They're like, sorry, the interpreter that we had booked canceled. So we had to get the not good interpreter. And I'm like, okay, so I tell you what, this is not working. You guys preach. We'll just look after the games and, and the, the actual camp part of it. They're like, sounds great. So the next day we get out there and we have games and we do the shoe game. Do you guys remember the shoe game when you were kids? Well, it'd be like if, if all of a sudden I said to everybody here, take off your shoes and we're going to just throw them in a pile over in the children's area there. And then when I say go, you got to run, find your shoes and come back and sit down. And the last team, the first team that is all together sits down and gets the most points. The last team gets the least amount of points. Pretty simple. So 
these kids take their shoes off, make a big, big pile. We say go. They go running off and start putting on their shoes. And I guess one kid got pushed and skinned his knee and then come back and sit down. In the te- and then the, the leaders have a meeting with me afterwards and saying, they say, Lance, we know like these um, crazy Canadian games. They, they, they're too dangerous. I'm like, the shoe game is dangerous? They're like, yeah, we don't. We don't want um, children to be hurt. You know, we, you just, Lance, you just take it, make it a little nicer. I'm like, oh my goodness, football is out. And we had a, a game called the tube game, which everyone, when we play the tube game, at least one person breaks a finger. So it's like, those two games are out. So we're like, okay, guys, those two games are out. We're doing duck, duck, goose, and we're doing find the bone. Okay, that's what we're going to do instead. And and then the next day we have another game and some, I think it was frisbee or volleyball or something like that and another kid gets hurt and he goes, Lance, you Canadians, you, you crazy. You know do the games. Um, we take over the games. All right. So I sat down with the team and the team was already having a rough time and, they, and I said, guys, uh, they're going to take over the games and they're going to do safety games. And... And we're going to um, do nothing <laughs> because we can't, we can't do the service anymore. We can't preach. We can't set up this kind of stuff. And now the kids are just like, oh, like, why are we here? Told you we should have stayed back in that other camp. We should have stayed back there. And, you know, inside I'm just like, you're right. We should have. We, this, this was a mistake, us coming here. We should have never done this. And see, the Holy Spirit says, Lance, I, I told you guys to come here. I need you to trust me. So I went to bed, and I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, show me how to lead this team. God, this has been a hard trip. And the Lord said, he gave me some wisdom. I sat down. I had a team meeting the next morning. I said, guys, listen. We spent a lot of money to come here. And I said, we're not able to preach. We're not able to do the games. We're not able to do anything. But if that's what God has us here for, to pray for this camp, what do you say we be the best intercessors we can possibly be? Let's spend that time that we would be doing games and pray. Let's spend that time getting together and praying that God would bless that camp. And we did. And you know what happened? The very last night of this camp, some lady shows up that I don't even know where she came from, but she just shows up. She starts talking to me, and she's an American. And she just, she's talking to me, and I said, uh, so where, you're, what, what part of the States are you from? She goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm Ukrainian. I said, what? She goes, yeah, yeah, I'm Ukrainian. I said, you don't even have an accent. She goes, yeah. She goes, God gave me English. I said, what does that mean? She says, well, I was in a service one day, and this speaker came from America, and um, the pastor called me up, and says, I want you to interpret it. I'm like, no, pastor, I can't. I can't speak English. He goes, you know more English than anybody else. And she says, honestly, she said, I knew four or five words in English. And now I'm interpreting for this guy. And I just started to cry. I'm like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And the Lord says, I want you to be faithful and step out and see what I do. So the pastor starts to preach and she starts to interpret just like she knows English. And she became so good, she became a good interpreter that people from all over the place were, were hiring her to do interpreting for them. See, but then a problem happened and she became prideful, like, I am a good interpreter, I know English, I can do whatever. And the Lord says, you think you did this? 
So he, she goes, one day I stood in front of like 2,000 people to interpret, and the Lord took it away from me. And the guy started to speak, and I started to cry. And I'm like, God, I have no idea what this guy is saying. And she says, and I repented, and he gave it back to me. And from this day on, I just listen to the Lord, and I just kind of go around, and I don't interpret for money anymore. I just go around and interpret where the Lord's told me to, to interpret. She goes, do you want to speak tonight? I'll interpret for you. And I spoke, and man, I, taught, I, I, I tested her. I use words in there that I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> and she's just, she's just keeping up with me, and she's just going, and I'm just like, this is amazing. And on that night, the very last night of the camp, kids got filled with the Spirit. The healing presence of God showed up there, and people got physically healed. People got filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues for the first time. The glory of the Lord just came down on the place. Why? Because we trusted in God even when it didn't look like it, it was going to do anything. My friends, what are you anticipating? As we are in Advent right now for Christmas, what is the Lord dropping in your hearts for your family? Is it business as usual, or is like, you know what, let's just pause for a second. Christmas is so important. Christmas celebrates life and celebrates the love of our Savior. Am I eagerly anticipating it? God desires for his followers to seek, find, and experience the full measure of his good and perfect gifts. He wanted the gift of his son Jesus to be found in a manger. He wanted the Savior of the world to be worshipped and adored. And he wants all people to know that this gift, as well as all good gifts, comes straight from his hand. James 1.17 says, All generous giving and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With those, there is no variation or the slightest hint of change. I love that version because it calls God the father of lights. And I found out the father of lights is a phrase, an old ancient Jewish term referring to God and describing him as unique. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and end. He is the sun, the moon, and the stars. He is our creator. He's the father of lights. The father of lights description ties back to the good gift of light that our heavenly father gave on day one of creation found in Genesis. This father, is, this father in this video sees the holidays as just another hurdle, something to get through until finally he says, not this year. This year is going to be different. Ever since that good gift of light given by the father of lights on day one, our heavenly father consistently has been giving good gifts to his creation. This act of giving good gifts is part of the nature and character of our Heavenly Father. One of the most natural things for a good dad to do for his kids is to give them what they need. This picture is how Jesus helped people to understand who God is. He is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids, like we see in Matthew 7, 9 to 11. One of the greatest, clearest demonstrations of his part of God's nature and the character of a good giver is found in, verses, in chapter 3, verses, uh, John 3, verses 16 to 21. Is there anyone among you who has sons and asks for bread who will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If then, although you are evil, know how to good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? There's people in this room right now who are in need of a good gift from our Savior. And you know what? There's no strings attached. Maybe you blew it this week. Maybe you're just kind of, you ever felt like you're just treading water, just trying to keep your head above water? God's crazy about you. You don't have to jump through hurdles and make sure that you witness and minister. All that stuff is great. But God our Father gives good gifts, not because we deserve it, but because he's crazy about us. And he loves you. That's the Father of lights. God is an amazing gift giver. This whole season of Christmas is about him. God our Father loved for us. It is so amazing that he gave mankind another chance by sending his one and only son to die for each and every one of us. John 3, 16, everybody knows, to 21 says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him already has been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than light for their actions were evil and all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their signs will be exposed. But those who do what is right comes to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. What an amazing gift. The love of the Father is so vast that we should not be able to keep it a secret, but we shout it from the rooftops for he's a good father and he's wanting to give us good gifts for he is the original giver. He has been born in the manger in Bethlehem, but he longs to be born in the hearts of lives and each and every person in this world that God so loves. Don't forget Luke chapter 2, verse 10. For I proclaim to you good news that brings joy to all the people. I want to share this morning a true story about a woman named Charlotte who ran a Christian preschool. See, Charlotte bought for her kids a plushy Jesus. One that was just kind of like that. And some of the parents, when they came to the preschool, they saw that, they were offended by it, because it's kind of like, you know what, that's not Jesus. And I really believe the Holy Spirit gave Charlotte wisdom. Because when the parents said that to her, and they started to feel that offense rising, her response is, let me ask you a question. What Jesus do you want your children to know? Do you want your children to know the Jesus that is up on the shelf looking down at you and nobody can touch him? Or do you want your children to know Jesus that will sit on their laps and they can hug and play with? A Jesus that they can tell all their secrets to? A Jesus who will hug them and they can hug back? What Jesus would you like your kids to know? What Jesus are you expecting this Christmas? The one who plays games with us and brings us life or the one who sits on the shelf and time, time is to go back into the box. The Savior world, also again known as the light of the world, Jesus refers to himself in that in John 8, 12. 
Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world to drive out darkness. In a sense, on that first Christmas night in Bethlehem, God the Father gave the gift we read about on day one. Creation, light. Let there be light. Let there be light of the world. Let the light of Jesus Christ, the Savior and Messiah of the whole world, come into this dark place and provide not only light, but hope. Love, joy, peace. Because of this advent, because of this arrival, may Jesus shine forth as the way for those who have been living in darkness and feeling far from God. In the darkness, may we see the light of Christ shining bright and clear. As people see the light of Jesus, may they receive that good and perfect gift from the Father of lights and come back home to their Heavenly Father who loves us. See, there's a scripture that most of us know in this room, but I wonder if we know the, the story behind it. Jeremiah 29, 11, we like to quote because it says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. The story behind that is the Israelites were taken over by their enemies. They moved from a place of safety to a place of oppression. They were living in darkness and fear. But then, G, then, then the Lord sent Jeremiah, a prophet, to the people to say, don't lose hope, I see you. I love you guys. Where are you? God has given good gifts for his people. He saw the hurt in the environment that, where they were in, and he brought them a message of hope. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Perhaps you're here and Christmas to you has been about Santa, food, being happy. This year it could be different. This gift of expectancy with hope is given to those who will seek God with their, all their heart. Ask, seek, and knock. This is an invitation to not only know the answer to a question, but also the Heavenly Father himself. Such a gift comes with expectancy and hope of moving from a dark place to a place of light was found in Christ. It's an invitation to arrive uh, into Advent. You know what, Ernie, would you come? This whole series that we're going to be getting into Christmas starts out with Jesus. Do you know him? Jesus to so many people means so many different things. To some people, he is just that hard God just waiting for us to make a mistake so he can smack us. And to others, he's just this, this guy who really doesn't mean anything. We can do whatever we want because there's grace. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the gift of hope that each one of us need to walk in. Jesus is our answer. I don't know where you are and with the Lord and whether you know Jesus as your personal Savior, but today, as we get ready for Advent, as we get ready for Christmas, would you stand in that place and just say, God, I know I need you in my heart. I know, Lord, that I need to be able to walk with you into intimacy. Because God, this year is going to be different. This year I want to start out uh, the Christmas season inviting you not only into my household but into my home, in my heart. 
We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.